But how, when you're down by 17 at halftime, do you only attempt five passes in the second half? Right? Like, yeah, that, that 11 passes overall was alarming. But I look at the second half, five passes in the second half down 17. Like, there's no more establishing the run, right? <laughs> when you're down three scores on the road to Aaron Rodgers. Yes, the Bears refusing the pass to football against the Packers. We'll be getting to that here coming up. But first off, time to bear down with the Bears Wire podcast. I'm Ryan O'Leary, operating as host, joined as always by Alyssa Barbieri of USA Today's Bears Wire. Alyssa, I might have just thrown you off with that new intro, huh? Do you like that? That was fire. Yeah, you changed it up. You know, you kind of made like some adjustments there or something. You know, Bears weren't able to do it last week. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> It is amazing, like all those those cheery tones from a week ago after a nice Bears victory Monday, right? Now it's just like it all morphs back to normal, right? The like Bears fan misery just pouring out after another primetime loss to the to the Packers. It's really like clockwork, right? This week it's like, oh man, we're back to reality with this team. Yeah, it was a very sobering loss, and it kind of grounded everyone. Be like, okay, remember we're managing expectations here for the twenty twenty two season. The Bears weren't expected to be contenders, but after that week one win, you know, that was fun, and they were able to be a good team, a team that, you know, now Jimmy Garoppolo should be back in the Super Bowl contention, and you were able to go out and beat a team like that in bad, in bad weather circumstances and play that smart discipline football that helps you win games, and then all of a sudden this game happens, and it felt kind of like we went back in time to last year. I felt like I was watching a Matt Nagy-like you know, Bears game against the Packers, and man, it, it, it was brutal. But we do have to remind ourselves and put things in perspective that you know we didn't really expect the Bears to be contenders this year, and you know they weren't able to hang with one of the best teams in the NFC. Yeah, if you go back to our schedule day uh, podcast we did over the summer, seven wins, seven wins was our best case scenario for the Bears. And I did not have them at one and one and one, Alyssa. Now you left open that possibility a little bit more than I did. If you remember back to that show we did, I will take one and one after 49ers and Packers to start the season any day. So I'm happy where they're at. Uh, but I understand why, you know, bleep is hitting the fan a little bit after this loss of the Packers because uh, of what happened, what's going on with the passing game, right? And that's what we want to get into here to start the show. Justin Fields, Luke Getze, the offense um, as a whole, as Alyssa wrote on Bears Wire, it was a brutal showing all around. You gave them a D minus only because of David Montgomery, Alyssa. You gave the offense a D minus. <laughs> the opening drive, at least, was a thing of beauty, right? Some nice Montgomery runs, setting the tone. It opens up that flea flicker to St. Brown. It goes for 30 yards. Fields rushes in the touchdown. Boom. 7 nothing Bears at Lambeau. It's like, I'm on my couch. I'm just like, look at this little team. I'm loving this. This is great. Like They're going to give the Packers a run. And then you go three and out on your next four drives, Alyssa, right? And then, and then halftime hits and you're and you and the Packers have scored twenty four unanswered points and it's like, oh yeah, okay, yeah, we've been here before. Um, but diagnose this passing offense for me. What is going on? Can the Bears fix their passing game? Is there a quick fix to you? Yeah, I mean it was brutal. Like you said, that first drive was very impressive. It was efficient. It was what you wanted. There was a nice balance, and then they ran a little bit more and they passed. There was a little trickery in there. You had fields on the move. Like, it was really encouraging. I'm like, oh, my goodness, can the Bears hang with the Packers? So, I mean, obviously, the defense had troubles throughout the night, which I know we'll get to, especially against the run. But the offense looks like they could that they could possibly hang. You know, like, obviously, we couldn't really fairly judge them last week after they were playing in a monsoon. It was very difficult to do that. We're going to be throwing the, whole, the ball a whole lot. But, yeah, the passing offense is just – it's 
it, it's alarming. Like I, I somehow it's worse than last year. And like, I, it, that's something with Matt Nagy, how it kept getting worse every year. I mean, I don't think it's time to panic just yet because you kind of look at the two teams that you just went against the 49ers and the Packers who have great defenses, right? They were really able to challenge them. This is a new scheme. It's going to look rough, especially the first few weeks. But then when you go against those kind of defenses, but, you know, the fact that Fields only attempted 11 passes, especially when they were trailing for so long in the second half, was very alarming. And, you know, Luke Etsy, I know the game plan was for him to, you know, pound the ball. You know, that's what Aaron Rodgers had said in the week leading up that they needed to run the ball. So, obviously, you know, the defense, what they had to do, and looking at what the Bears' bread and butter is, which is running the football, you expected the same from Getsy. But it was just, I think, to answer your question about what is the fix, I think it's pretty easy. It's getting your playmakers involved. Darnell Looney and Cole Komet, who have been just virtually non-existent this season. They're on the milk carton. I was like, at one point. on the milk carton, Alyssa. Where are they? I don't know. At one point, they showed Mooney catching the, the pass for negative four yards. I was like, oh, my God, Darnell Mooney's playing in this game. <laughs> and then Cole Komet dropping the pass. And I'm like, these are your two best playmakers in the passing game. The two guys that have the most ke- chemistry with Justin Fields, who are supposed, who you really need to make this offense go, right, to make it explosive, if that's where they obviously want to go. And, you know, it's pretty it's – pretty, concerning because through two games Mooney has what two catches for four yards on the season Clement has zero catches and Matt Eberflus was asked specifically you know he was like yeah the passing game is a concern and he was asked you know can it thrive without Mooney and Clement and he's just simply like no it can't so obviously they need to get them more involved it's brutal the Bears are the worst passing offense in the NFL before both of those Monday night football games. That's how bad. Before four other teams had played a second game, the Bears were dead last in the passing game, and I don't think it gets worse than that. Yeah, I think Josh Allen gets what the Bears have gotten in two games in like one quarter right now <laughs> when, you, when you watch this. Yeah, it's it was alarming that you understand, Alyssa, if the game plan is to run the football, run it down their throats, as, as Justin Fields talked about the game plan in the postgame. But how, when you're down by 17 at halftime, do you only attempt five passes in the second half, right? Like, yeah, that, that 11 passes overall was alarming. But I look at the second half, five passes in the second half down 17. Like, there's no more establishing the run, right? <laughs> when you're down three scores on the road to Aaron Rodgers. So that's the thing that just doesn't make sense. And it's like, it's like why? Is, is Getze afraid of his protection? Is he afraid of getting Justin Fields killed? Is he afraid of Justin Fields? Um, is it is Fields holding the football too long? Is Fields having a hard time processing the offense, right? Like, we've talked about that, too. It does look like Justin's not super comfortable. Or is it is Getsy just a little bit, you know, he just relied on the run game a little bit too much. I want to play this clip from Justin after the game that can get into this point a little bit. Yeah, I mean, Luke said, you know, before the game that we were going to run it down the throats. And, um, you know, Demo, uh, I don't know what he ate today, but, you know, he was running the ball crazy. So, uh you know, O-line did a great job blocking, and, um, you know, he did a great job running. But, you know, my job isn't to call the plays. My job is to execute the play that's given to me the best I can. So, yeah. My job isn't to call the plays, Alyssa. My job is to execute the play that is given to me the best I can. Maybe Fields means nothing by that, right? Maybe he's just he's just talking. Or maybe he's just giving us a little something there. Like, hey, eh, I'd throw the ball if they call a passing play once in a while, right? Like, maybe I'd throw the ball a little more. So that's interesting, right? Like, the whole thing with... Why isn't Getsy letting Fields unleash it? 
Is he afraid of him? Is he afraid of the protection? Like, what do you think? Yeah, that's interesting because there was a quote that Getsy had said, as a former quarterback, he's someone who would prefer to throw the ball, right? As a quarterback and as a play caller, you know, that's what he wants to do. He really wants to pass more than he's running. So, you know, it's a good question because, you know, that, that was a fair point. Like, the question was, you know, are the Bears afraid to let Fields kind of air it out? And that's something that Eberflus was asked about. And they were like, no, no, we trust Justin and all that. That was just the game plan, which is something that they're sticking to. But, yeah, it, it, it was very concerning. Um, just, <laughs> I mean, like you said, five pass attempts in the second half when you're down by that much. And that is not <laughs> a recipe for success, like not at all. So, and like you said, not getting your playmakers involved. I think, I mean, kind of going to the offensive line, you know, clearly the offensive line is better at run blocking than pass protection. It's obvious, you know, obviously looking at what David Montgomery did. The only reason why the Bears offense didn't get enough for me <laughs> in my report card, you know, they're much better yes. at that. So I think, and when you're talking about fields looking uncomfortable back there, that poise, which we saw like in that last preseason game, obviously they're going up against lesser competition and not a great defense like this. But he did look uncomfortable back there. And I feel like that's going to be a hard habit for him to break because last year he was one of the most sacked quarterbacks in the league. He probably, I mean, unfortunately, it kind of feels like he might be this year minus Joe Burrow, who's just like, I'm sorry, he's, he's already won that, it feels like. Yes. He's not um, going to make it. <laughs> he's not going to make it. But, yeah, you can tell that he's very nervous. He feels that pressure when he's there in the pocket. He does not have that poise. And so something with Getsy, rolling him out a little bit more. I know Fields is also going to have to work on that, but he does look uncomfortable. And it's hard to blame him considering this offensive line and everything. But, yeah, it's yeah, it's not good. <laughs> yeah, the Packers were winning that confrontation up front, right? I mean, they did sack Justin three times. I mean, I'm not sure how many dropbacks he really had, but he was sacked three of them. Um, and the Packers did have five hits overall on Fields. So they did... There was a lot of pressure, but it does it does just seem, as you were talking about, as a whole, going back to the preseason, Fields just a little too indecisive. He's holding the football a little bit too long, Alyssa. Are you seeing that too? Like, I think at some point, we got to hope that it clicks for him and that he just gets comfortable enough in the offense. And again, he's learning a new offense here. Um, we just got to hope he gets comfortable enough to like trust himself and let it fly. And maybe Darnell Mooney doesn't look open at the moment, but you can't hold it too long. You got to throw him open. You know, I mean, that's that's what he, you know, maybe he gets comfortable enough in the offense to do that. Um, I don't know, but it does seem like the indecisive, the, the indecisiveness, I'm sorry, a little concerning to me in, in, when you're talking about Justin Fields. Yeah, no, definitely. And there was also this play when they were talking to Equinania St. Brown where he was open on a curl and he was like waving for Fields and he was open and, you know, he didn't find him down the field. And I mean, there are some concerns. You have to remember Justin Fields is in his second year. He didn't really have a full year last year. And the, the circumstances were just disappointing. And this, it's gonna, it's gonna, there are some growing pains to come along with him as well. But that's what this season is about, is his development. And that's why what's happening with the passing game right now is very concerning. But also it's happening against some good defenses as well. But if we're having the same conversation next week, Ryan, that's when I'm really going to start to panic because the Texans don't have a world-class defense. No. So, I mean, it's obviously this is the most important part of the season is is Fields going to take that next step. And obviously he doesn't have the best talent around him when we've talked about this. And, you know, the national narrative surrounding the Bears 
has been that they didn't do enough to surround him. And then you see someone like Tua Tagovailoa out in Miami and what the Dolphins did for him and how that helped him. I mean, it kind of is making us want to flash forward to 2023, right, to see Ryan Poles absent talent around his young quarterback. But also going to this season, we need to see progress from him. And, you know, he, he's, that's going to take Luke Getsy to help him. He's going to need a supporting cast around him. And also himself, he has a lot of progress that he still needs to make. Yeah, I think if you just peek your head out the window, Alyssa, you'll see actually Tyreek Hill running, running <laughs> un- uncovered down the street. That's that's basically what it was like in the fourth quarter of that ball game. Holy crap! Yeah, there's nothing, the <laughs> nothing better to get yourself back on track and to work out the kinks than getting the Houston Texans on your schedule. So we'll definitely talk about that game here coming up. But man, yeah, Darnell Mooney. Whew, man, I in one of my fantasy leagues, Alyssa, I picked him in the ninth round. I was so ha- I didn't even need another wide receiver. I'm like Darnell Mooney's still here in the ninth round. Oh, I'm scooping him up. I'm going to try to turn him into it. Maybe I'll trade him down the road. You know, he'll be a nice little asset on my bench. And uh, I mean, I'm seeing articles popping up on my phone. It's it's time to cut Darnell Mooney from your fantasy team. I'm like, I don't want to. So uh, we'll see what happens from a fantasy standpoint. Not a lot of bears helping you right now, but our friends from the huddle.com have some advice who to start in week three in your fantasy lineups. And then Alyssa and I will be back to talk about the defense, which again was not graded very well by Alyssa in the bears wire after this loss to the Packers. We'll get into that coming up next. This is the Typico Sportsbook Fantasy Minute. Let's make this interesting. Interesting. Corey Benini with TheHuddle.com here to bring you strong plays for week number three. Quarterback Jared Goff, Detroit Lions at Minnesota Vikings. While it has been a small sample size, Goff has shown enough in the first couple of weeks to give gamers a little bit of hope that he could be a streaming option in week three. He has six touchdown passes versus just one interception and is coming off a QB6 finish a week ago. And there's a pretty good shot at a multi-touchdown effort from Goff, and don't be shocked if he approaches 300 yards. Indianapolis Colts running back Naheem Hines versus the Kansas City Chiefs. If the Chiefs can hang points early and force Indy to abandon the running game, this could be a big week for Hines through the air. Despite what we've seen through two games, we're inclined to give Indy a little more credit, especially if star linebacker Shaquille Leonard can get back into the mix. There's even more upside for Hines if wide receiver Michael Pittman Jr. isn't available once more. Either way, Kansas City has given up the most receptions and the third highest yardage outputs to running backs through the air this season. Hines is a reasonable PPR play out of the flex spot. Wide receiver Jacoby Myers, Patriots versus Ravens. The favorite target of quarterback Mac Jones has a fine matchup ahead, and that's not an overreaction to what Miami did to Baltimore in Week 2. Baltimore gave up four different wide receiver performances of at least 8.7 PPR points to the Jets in Week 1, including a 6-catch, 77-yard showing by Corey Davis, which should be in line with Myers' floor in this one, especially if the Ravens can jump out to a substantial lead. Los Angeles Rams tight end Tyler Higby at Arizona Cardinals. While his career has been defined by inconsistency, we've seen enough through two games to suggest that he'll continue to be involved in the offense at least to a large enough degree to warrant fantasy consideration. His 20 targets lead all tight ends, and his 26.3% target share is number two at the position. Only two tight ends have more than his 12 receptions. Meanwhile, Arizona has allowed the most fantasy points to tight ends by a wide margin, despite being one of the strongest units in 2021. Ride the hot hand and take advantage of the match while you can. For more award-winning fantasy football tips, news, and advice, please be sure to check out The Huddle.
sportsbook.com. That was your typical sportsbook fantasy minute. Win your fantasy football league with the huddle.com and use them to dominate player prop bets at Typico Sportsbook. For a limited time, new Typico Sportsbook users in Colorado and New Jersey from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Get your bonus today at usatodaybet.com slash podcast. That's usatodaybet.com slash podcast. See typico.com for terms and conditions. 21 plus only gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado. All right, Alyssa, we crapped on Luke Getze a little bit there in the first segment, so let's crap on Eberflus a little bit here in the second one because defensively, the Bears were extremely uninspiring, right? And it, I think the game plan, wasn't this one kind of predictable? Especially for a guy like Matt Eberflus. Like, we all knew what was coming. Aaron Rodgers has no one to throw to. Alan Lazard? Alan Lazard is his like, go-to target? Come on. We all know that the Packers are going to throw it or run it with A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones. It's, that's their offense right now, and that Rodgers is going to, like I said last week, work the play clock and shorten the game and do that thing. And all the Bears had to do was stop the run and just not let Dillon and Jones kill them. And you look at the box score, and they gave up over 200 yards rushing to these guys. So it's like that was brutal, right? So uh, yeah. you know, I'd, I'd probably grade the D slightly better than the O because I don't think the offense did anything to help the defense in this game, Alyssa. Right? You keep punting three and out, and that makes it tough. But I was a little disappointed that the Bears didn't have more compete in the run game for the Packers because we all knew that was coming. Yeah, well, in my grades, I def- I gave the defense a D instead of a D minus the offense because they I gave them like a slight better, but it still was just a brutal yeah. performance. Perfect. Yeah, all perfect around in the first thing. Yeah, perfect grade. Um, and looking obviously the run defense again, like that was a big issue last season. And even in week one, you kind of saw how, you know, the bears are able to benefit from Elijah Mitchell going out with an injury in that game. And, but they still gave him 176 yards rushing in that game. And they are allowing an average of 189 and a half yards per game, which is far and away the worst in the NFL. I mean, you're giving up 176 in week one, 203 yards in week two. They just had no answer for Aaron Jones like at all he was just man he was working that all those all those Aaron Jones fantasy owners I mean I had AJ Dillon uh didn't benefit from him as much but man Aaron Jones just had his way with that defense he's averaging almost nine yards a carry that that was just insane and it's it's really a concern especially when you kind of look ahead to some of the teams that are on deck for the Bears and some of these running backs they're going to be facing so it's a huge issue. It's the most pressing issue at this point. Obviously, the secondary did not have a good outing either because Aaron Rodgers is just a master at exploiting weaknesses as we saw him just picking on Kyler Gordon from start Poor Kyler. to finish. Oh, my goodness. It was a welcome to the NFL game instead of a welcome to the NFL moment. I mean, he gave up, what, 10 catches on 13 targets for 162 yards and touchdown. And exactly. I mean, he had that one nice pass breakup in the end zone, which you like to see that that was encouraging. But then Rodgers didn't target Jalen Johnson at all. Jalen Johnson has not been targeted at no. all this season. In nope. coverage. We haven't even seen him. Like if you watch the highlights, there's no Jalen Johnson. Nope. And that's something that I don't expect to change either. Uh, honestly, which is why I feel like maybe they should start like, you know, having Jalen shadow some people. Um, but yeah, I expect the Kyler Kyler Gordon. I mean, one game isn't going to define him. It's one rough game against one of the best to ever play quarterback in this league. It was to be expected, but I mean, even Jaquan Brisker, you know, he had a rough game as well. 
it's rookie growing pains. It's nothing to be too concerned about. But I think at this point, the most pressing pressing issue is that run defense, and it's it, it has to get better. And I know you're going they're going up against the Texans team that's going to run the ball first, but they've also had their share of struggles as rookie Damian Pierce is going to look to get going. And if they can't stop Damian Pierce, then we're going to have a real we have a real problem there. Yeah, we'll have a typical podcast if that happens, right? Our typical, <laughs> our typical angry tone. Uh, yeah, it's just Aaron Rodgers, so annoying, right? He just sits there, looks at the defense, works the clock, and says, "Oh, you got, oh yeah, you guys are going to still keep this rookie out here, corner, this rookie corner out here." Okay, okay, let's see how that works for you, right? He's just such a such an ass, Aaron Rodgers. And he also, just, although to be fair, Kyler Gordon is better than anything else that they have. <laughs> it's so true. It is so true. Yes. So, yeah, so Rodgers, he did that thing, and he did it well, unfortunately. Uh, How can the Bears, like, what are you seeing in the run defense, Alyssa? Like, Roquan, he's out, he's playing. Roquan's playing. He's not playing well, you know? I mean, he's showing up in the box score, he's making tackles, but afterwards, you're like, man, I don't know. Did Roquan play well? I don't know, right? They need more from their star players if they're going to be competitive in the run game. I mean, because... You know, yeah, it comes down to effort, but you know, sometimes you just need your your guys to go up and make a tackle and get get the other team off the field. You know what I mean? Like force a punt, get the ball back to your offense, and get something going. Uh, you know, what do you think about Roquan? And some of the some of the key guys on that defense that just aren't really coming through right now. Yeah, missed tackles were a huge issue in this game, uh, as we saw. And Roquan Smith is someone who wants to get paid that twenty million a year. He wants to be one of the highest paid linebackers in the year, and unfortunately. Through these first two games, he hasn't really shown that he can be special in this defense. I know it's a new scheme. He's playing a new position at weak side linebacker, and he's getting acclimated. He missed the preseason. He missed training camp. So it's going to take time, but at the same time, with Roquan, yes, he had a team. He tied for the team most 11 tackles in this game, but a lot of those, you know, are coming after the fact, right? And... That can be misleading, and I think this is one of them, especially that one time where A.J. Dillon blocked him on Aaron Jones' second touchdown. I mean, it it, it is brutal for Roquan, and he can't play like this and expect to get paid. And you kind of are starting to see kind of why Ryan Poles, and everything's making sense, you know what I mean? Why Ryan Poles is hesitant to make him, like, one of the highest-paid linebackers. And I wish we had a little more contract details. Obviously, we don't really know. But... You can see the hesitancy, right? And they want him to prove, like, okay, let's see. Can you be that Shaq Leonard in this defense? Because otherwise, we're not paying you. Because he he really needs to step it up. He just it, – it's been rough for, Ro, for Roquan. But, yeah, like, looking at the run defense, and I think, you know, a, the defensive line is probably going to get a lot of the blame for that. But it's on the linebackers as well, I think, especially in this game. Because I thought Justin Jones, who's stepping in as a three-tech, I thought that he did a decent job, and he was out there making plays. And, you know, I think it's definitely on Roquan and those linebackers, which obviously I think is one of the weakest positions on this defense, that especially Roquan, if he wants to get paid that money, he really needs to start stepping it up. Well said. Yep, I agree with that. And again, and again, it's tough when your offense is just punting the ball after three plays over and over and over, Alyssa. So I do feel for the defense again. I agree. A D, not a D minus, not an F. But it's got to get better. And, uh, well, the good news is the Bears are favored to beat the Houston Texans and improve to 2-1. and one. <laughs> So Yay. we're going to talk about the spread and the matchup coming right after this. We're going to try to find some positivity, maybe pick the Bears, maybe. Uh, but first, 
Our friends from the Bet Slippin' Podcast are going to give us their free play of the week, and then Alyssa and I will be right back. This is the Typical Sports Book Minute. Let's make this interesting. Hello, hello. This is Nathan Beadley here with the Bet Slippin' Podcast. I'm here to break down the Packers Bucks as our game of the week. We are using odds provided by Typico Sportsbook. New users from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Terms and conditions apply. 21 plus. See site for details. Get your bonus today at usabet.com slash podcast. All right, on to the game. The Bucks have won two straight low-scoring, grinded-out type games and their defense is the real deal. They're led by an elite secondary and a front line that is the most sacks per game in the NFL. Mike Evans out will open up a favorably priced point for Tom Brady, Leonard Fournette, and a nasty defense. The Bucks were 8-2 against the spread as home favorites last season and should keep that success rolling this year. Take Bucks minus 2.5 against the Packers this Sunday. That was your typical Sportsbook Minute. For a limited time, new users in Colorado and New Jersey from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Get your bonus today at usatodaybet.com slash podcast. That's usatodaybet.com slash podcast. See typico.com for terms and conditions. 21 plus only gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado. All right, Alyssa, the Bears. Two and a half point home favorites against the Texans. And first off, as I said earlier, just want to repeat myself, after San Francisco and Green Bay, after the Bears being one and one, I would have called that a positive on schedule day, right? I like the Bears being one and one. So as uncompetitive as it felt at times on Sunday night, and it definitely did after that first drive, uh, most of us, myself included, expected 0-2. I think you gave them more credit than me in the first two games. But one and one, I'm happy where the Bears are at. So The Texans are an interesting team, right? In that they kind of stink, but they're also kind of a plucky little team, right? Like they tied the Colts. They gave Matt Ryan fits in that game. Should have won it. Then they gave Denver all kinds of problems last week, right? I think Houston seems worse than they really are because it's such a goofy outfit over there. Davis Mills is the quarterback. Brandon, like like you said, besides Damian Pierce and and the running game they want to feature, it's really Brandon Cooks. Like that's all they've got. So, the Bears could put Jalen Johnson on Brandon Cooks, right? And be competitive there, maybe. I don't know. This is a game before the season I like the Bears to win. I think it's a little bit closer now to a toss-up, Alyssa, especially after the Texans just held Russell Wilson to 50% completion, the 219 yards over there in Denver. Stopped them in the red zone both times. So the Texans are competitive. They're not as bad as it seems. But the Bears are favored. Two and a half point home favorites. What's your opening take on it? Yeah, I mean, this kind of just feels like a break. I mean, after going up against those two opponents that are probably going to be in the playoffs again this season. And yes, this Houston team is, you know, deceptively winless at this point. Because like you said, they really hung in there with the Colts and, and, and with the Broncos and are now 0-1-1. But this is not going to be a gimme game for the Bears. I do think that they have an opportunity to really clean up some of the things that they've been struggling with over the first couple of weeks. And now you're kind of more evenly matched level of competition, right? And it'll be nice to see Levy again. So, I mean, I think that the Bears have a very big opportunity here. And I think there's a lot of pressure on them in this game, maybe even more so than last week against the Packers, because this is a game where I don't know if you call it must win because we're in week three, but it does feel like a must win given the circumstances and where the offense is at this point, where the defense is. And you have those deficiencies in the passing game and then the run defense, and you really need to shore them up. And if you can't do it against a, an opponent like this, then when's it going to happen? So 
this is a very big game for the Bears. I, like you said, I had them kind of winning it comfortably earlier in the season. Haven't made my game, uh, my official game pick yet, but I am leaning in favor of the Bears. You know, being at home definitely helps, especially when looking at the spread. You see that as well, right? But I think this is going to be an evenly matched game. The Bears are going to need to get back to playing the kind of football they did in week one, you know, <laughs> minus the weather. Let's please hope. I, I just want to play a normal game of football. Um, so, I mean, I do think that the Bears have a chance to really uh, redeem themselves in this game and to make some strides on offense and a defense. Yeah, I'm, I'm right with you. I thought I really liked the Bears in this one on schedule day. And now I'm closer to 50-50. So if you force me to pick the spread, which I think I would stay away from if I was picking the game, like actually betting real dollars, uh, like my one unit that I'd put on the game, whatever your betting unit is out there, one unit. Um, if I had to pick the spread, I'd probably just take the points with Houston because I do think it's kind of a toss-up right now. I'm not sure which team is better. It's hard to tell. Uh, but I think my play here would be just like the one that I suggested last week, the under. Alyssa, right? We, we picked the under. We both liked the under because of all the things we were talking about. The run game of Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers wasting the play clock down every single time. We knew the game would be shortened. We liked the under. The under hit for uh, the Sunday night game. The under in this one is 40 and a half on Tipico. Kind of feels like the first team to 20 is going to win, in my opinion, right? Like, I don't love either offense right now. I don't expect this to be the big Justin Fields breakout passing game. Like, I don't think we're going to see this breakout game from Darnell Mooney or Cole Komet, I just hope it looks better. I, I think we'll see them catch up, catch a pass or two for positive yardage, right? Like, I think that's what we're going to see. I don't think it's going to be this big breakout game. I think it's going to be more Montgomery, more Herbert. That should be all you need. Ground and pound, play better defense, beat a very mediocre Houston team that does not have a lot on offense to challenge you and try to win a really low scoring game. If you're the bears, I could see the bears winning the game in Houston covering, right? I could see the bears winning on a, you know, winning by a couple points, so if you force me to take the spread, I'm taking Houston. I will take the points. But I think if I'm betting this game, my play is going to be the under and the Bears squeak one out and win a close one. Yeah, I think I'd definitely take the under here as well. But I think I'm going to, I don't know. I think I'm going to take this. Uh, man, I think the Bears are going to win by more. Because like you kind of look at this and I think that it's going to be similar to the 49ers game minus the weather conditions in terms of the offense wasn't particularly flashy. The defense had a couple of turnovers, you know, and they, they played their game and it was still right. 1910, you know, yeah, right. Yep, and I could yep. see another similar game like that, which is why I do see them winning by more than, I think it's probably about two and a half now. Uh, I mean, I think I'll take, I'll take that at this point. I'll take the bears in that. I mean, this is a game where I think you're going to see a little bit more passing because obviously with the criticism coming down on Luke Essie, which uh, I think he's talking later this week, and about kind of being more balanced. I think that was the issue for him last week. It wasn't so much his commitment to the run, because I think that's a big thing. That is the strength of this offense, and it has been for the last few years. I think it was more the fact that it was unbalanced play calling. And I think that we'll see a little bit more passing and try to mix it up a little bit more. And this is a game where you can experiment with that um, before going to heading into the Giants game, which that's a team, again, undefeated right now. Um but still a little like more evenly matched competition compared to some of those uh, playoff contenders that they faced in the first couple of games. But I do feel, I feel confident in taking the bears to, to, to win by more than a field goal here, but man, that, that'll, that'll be stressful. If it's like, you know, <laughs> taking a field goal to win the game. Oh man. 
Yes. Oh, Ryan, it could be a rough podcast yeah, next week. Santos, you never know. You never know. So, yeah, we'll see how that goes. Yeah, I think that's a fine pick. I, I agree. I think the Bears could could win this game by a field goal or more. I do. I, I just think it'll be low scoring. And, yeah, it's interesting. Like, Getze, talking about being more balanced, usually it's like, well, we got we to gotta remember to run the football a little bit more, Alyssa, right? Not the other way around. Oh, we, yeah, yeah. you guys are right. We do got to remember to pass sometimes. You're right. Yeah, I got I to gotta work in some more pass plays. It's like, what was he learning? Hey, what, <laughs> what was he learning in Green Bay? Was he learning like the Army offense? Like, what the hell? Like, just throw the ball, Luke. My goodness. So, yeah, I don't, I don't expect it to be this offensive passing juggernaut. I don't. I, I, but I think it'll be better. I think they will make a concerted effort. I think we're going to see Darnell Mooney. That's this is my big bold prediction, Alyssa. Darnell Mooney and Cole Commit will both catch a pass for positive yardage. That's my bold prediction. So stick that one on the board. Okay. That's coming. Okay, so you're not telling me as someone that has Komet as their backup tight end to play him, so I should keep him on the bench. Keep him on the bench. Don't <laughs> drop him. A lot of people are dropping don't Cole drop Komet. Him. Yeah, don't drop him. And if people drop Cole Komet, pick him up. I think it'll get better. You know, it's going to get better. Uh, it, it just hasn't, it's been ugly to start. <laughs> but uh, yeah, if people drop, if, if anyone drops Cole Komet in my fantasy leagues, I'm picking him up 100%. But I'm not starting him right now. No, how can you? How can you? Yeah, you're just you're just praying I think for a touchdown. Will get better. Yeah, I think it'll get better. I mean, we're what two weeks in, played a couple of rough, uh, tough defenses. I think that as the season goes along, that you'll see a little more cohesiveness on offense. So then you'd be like, oh man, why to drop Mooney or why to drop Kavet? Don't do it. Don't do it. Yeah, 49ers, <laughs> Green Bay, two really good defenses. We got to drop down in competition here. Hopefully, we feel that drop down on Sunday. <laughs> Bears, Texans, looking forward to it. Those are our picks. Let us know what you think. Hit subscribe. Uh, For Alyssa Barbieri, I'm Ryan O'Leary. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the pod. Stick with us next week when we come back to break it all down. See you later, Alyssa. And as always, bear down. This USA Today Sports Podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week.